Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right. Good morning and welcome into another edition of the JP Peterson Show here on this training camp Monday as the Bucks go full pads for the first time. And uh, I won't say the pads were popping out here today. Not a whole lot of contact. Very, very hot day. Uh, military day, by the way, so our thanks to all of our military for your great service. And uh, they showed out well today. They had the Coast Guard helicopter come in. Big one, one of those big, big choppers. Uh, and all the military pomp and circumstance. Always fun to, to see military day out here at training camp. And the pads were on, and we got lots to get to as far as what happened today, what happened over the weekend for the Buccaneers, injury news with Kalaji Kansi, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're going to hit the Rays as well. As they get a big series win, and I'll say good morning to you, Nick Geddes from Mod 3 Sports. How are you? How was your weekend? Fantastic weekend. Big fight-type weekend. Went out on Saturday night. I was out way too late, but I got to see both the fights, the UFC, the boxing, so that was great. The nice. Rays put me in a better mood at the end of the weekend. That hasn't happened in a, a long time, so that's notable. Yes. And, of course, the whole reason why you're where you are today is we're getting closer and closer to the start of the season, and we have pads today. We have yes. pads today. We have real football. Can I call it real football? We're close. Kind uh, of real it's football. It's not real football. It's still We're practice. Close. It's still training camp, but it's it's closer than hey, the underwear football. And, and, and if I'm correct, this weekend we're inducting a class of Hall of Famers, and we also have, then we'll have, you know, semi-real football on the field in the Hall of Fame That's game. Right. So we're, we're we almost the Hall there. Hall of Fame game, what, Thursday night, right? Yeah. I believe so. I believe I so. Will be in, I will be in Canton on Friday. Um... I don't know if I'll be there in time to do the show, but we're going to try to work that out. Um, well, Cle- Cleveland, at least, anyway, should be fun. And Rodney Barber, hope to have him on at some point this week as he gets set to go into the Hall of Fame. I got the invite to the uh, to the after party. You know who the uh, the in- the uh, entertainment is? Hmm. Fu, CeeLo Green. <laughs> CeeLo Green will be doing Fu. I'm sure at the at the party. So yeah, CeeLo will be performing. Um, starts at seven, goes till two, two o'clock in the morning. So yeah, I'm going to have to get my rest late night with JP Peterson. There we go. Well, we got it. Well, we got eight speeches to get through on Saturday and Ronde is going second to last. So, uh, is this party, are we all wearing white? Is this a, is this one of those Ruben parties here where we're all going to show up wearing white? Is that what we're doing? Uh, I don't, I did not see any, uh, no dress was, uh, was casual. Um, you know, whatever, like whatever you want to wear, it's hot. But I think it's going to be inside in a nice place, so it'll be it'll be beautiful. It'll be, it'll be fun and so great to um, to honor my friend making making it to the Hall of Fame. I, it's not going to hit me until I get there, to be quite honest. Um, and I think they're probably the same with Ronde. When when you get up there on the stage and you see the the busts and you know they they put that jacket on you for the first time officially, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a big deal and. Uh, couldn't happen to a better dude. Um, all right, so let's get to some of today's activities out there. Uh, you know, I, the first hour of practice was not much of anything, just to be to be candid with you. Just a lot of, you know, they were hitting the sleds. Um, I did see, you know, and so many of these observations are just like so isolated. I, I'm going to mention them to you, but I'm not making a big deal out of them, all right? I'm just, just this is, I'm on your eyes and ears here at training camp, so... 
I'm just telling you what I see. I'm not saying the guy can't play. I'm not saying the guy's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he's going with Rondé into the Hall of Fame. I'm just telling you what I saw. So if I say a guy dropped the pass, say, oh, he's dogging this guy. He's not going to play. No, I'm just telling you what happened. Russell Gates dropped a couple of throws today. He's finally out there practicing. Um, it's probably going to take him a while for, to get his timing down, but he dropped a couple today. Uh, Cade Warner, when they came together for team exercises, Cade Warner made a great uh, leaping over-the-top catch on a perfectly thrown ball from Baker Mayfield. Um, really, and that was the first 11-on-11 play. Baker, usually when he takes the first team reps, comes out with a big spot. He did that on the first day of camp with a like an 80-yard touchdown pass to Kate Otten. And then this one, I don't know if it would have gone the distance, but uh, he got behind the safeties. Uh, Cade Warner did, and uh, he's having a good camp. You know, I don't know if there's enough spots on this team for him, but I think he's definitely solidifying himself a spot on the uh, on the taxi squad. So um, good for him. Josh Hayes. Josh Hayes, number 32. Uh, two uh, pass breakups in kind of short coverage. I just like the way the guy moves. He, he's quick. He's fast, but he never looks like he's in a hurry. You know, but he's always making up time, knocking the ball away, close to his guy. I like what I what I saw from Josh Hayes today. Uh, Cody Mock, first of all, I don't know how he does it. He's got this long red hair, bro, just long hair coming out. He's constantly taking off his helmet, you know, messing with his hair. I, I, I Maybe it's, just, you know, it's his Samson thing and it gives him his power, but I don't know how you do it out here in this heat. I don't know so how he, you wear a Does he have Ryan Jensen? Does he have Ryan Jensen beat when it comes to hair? Oh, like way, like more so. Like I'm thinking there may be some extensions in there that's so long. Uh, it's it's incredible, and I um, it's glorious. It's glorious salad, but I don't know how he does it. So they they were doing a little two on one when the with the pads came on, and when I tell you he got bopped and and just kind of came off his feet. This is what I'm saying about him. He. He just doesn't look like he's got the ass right now. You know, he doesn't have that man strength yet. You look at, you know, some of these other guys, they're wide. They're wide. He's got more narrow hips, and I know he's more athletic, and that's what they like about him. He can move. But I, um, as far as just being stout enough to handle the size of these linemen, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And he's, he's going to have to really perfect his technique to be able to get low enough and play at this weight of 300, 305 that he's at. He's noticeably smaller than the rest of the guys. Well, I hope he's got some serious lower body strength or something because I was reminded today, what was the Bucks? They really struggled last year on the offensive line through parts of the seasons, but you know what they really struggled at? Pushing the pile. Yeah. Short, you know, short yard, short yard yeah. situations. They were horrendous in that, and obviously that was part of the reason why they went and got a Matt Filer, and they loved the appeal. As much as we would love to see Nick Leverett potentially beat him out for that left guard spot because we think Nick is – I thought Nick played well last year. You would agree as well. Absolutely. They love that size. And so, again, I go back to what I said last week when we were talking about it. The, the, the part on this team that scares me the most is the right side of that line, and it's just because of the inexperience that you're having over there and the fact that the two guys that are over there right now, Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke, they're not the biggest guys in the world. They're not. They just aren't. Not. And we saw what happened last year when the Bucks had about four guys on their line who were not the biggest guys in the world. They got mauled at the point of attack almost every single game. Yeah, I, I, I think this is the one part of the team where I say if they're going to start Mauk and Gedeke, it seems to me that that's more an eye towards the future. Right. Right. I don't think you can argue 
that putting you know school there or moving Filer to tackle right tackle and putting Nick Levert or Stinney in there or Hainsey, these guys have all started and played a full season in the NFL or almost a full season for Nick Levert. I mean, as opposed to two lighter rookies, I I don't know how you justify it's that and what makes you better right now. Now, if you're saying, okay, you know, Gedeke's a second-rounder, Malk's a second-rounder, we're projecting these guys to be really good offensive linemen down the road, so we got to get them started now. Okay. And I think nobody wants to say that out loud, right? Nobody wants to say that out loud, but I just don't know how you make the case that those, those these two guys are better than the older veteran guys because playing offensive line and defensive line in this league is a lot about savvy, right, and technique, Right and 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 guys that have done it before know what they can get away with, what they can't get away with. There's a learning curve. There's a learning curve, and obviously, they, if you get you draft these guys high at some point, they got to be on the learning curve. So, you know, this may be just a nod towards the future, which is not the worst thing in the world, right? This Bucks team is not winning the Super Bowl this year. It's a, a long shot at best. So, at some point, you got to get these guys in, but. You know, I, I don't see how you make the case that you're not a better team with Hainsey, Leverett, Stinney, those guys playing starting instead of the well, youngest Well, I will say this. For sake of the training camp, with the pads going on today, and I know it's probably going to be lighter on the first day of pads, but as we get going here, it'll start to ramp up a little bit. It can't be a bad thing to have, if you look at the two matchups, those guys in particular are probably going to face a lot during camp with pads on. Luke Gedeke is going to see a lot of who? Shaq Barrett, right? A guy who's had 19 and a half sacks, a lot of success in this league, right? And is a very good, you know, with the moves and all those things. And then for Cody Malk, he's going to have Vita Vea and his self, you know, lined up in front of him. That's only going to make these guys better. So I think it's a better judge to see these two guys, how they're going to handle themselves as training camp goes and we ramp things up and how they fare in those matchups. And that's going to help them. Um, and that's why, and I'll wait for whenever you want to get to the Cansey stuff, why I would tell you yeah. that that's really bad news for Kalijah Cansey from that front. Yeah, and, and just in, you know to kind of wrap up on this offensive line, it's a great point you make. You know, they're going to find out really soon whether Cody Mauk can can handle this at right. the NFL level. Where you know last training camp, I was never really impressed with Gedeke, and they started him, and it took him what seven weeks to figure it out that he couldn't play, not this year. And I know it takes time. I'm not saying the guy's a bust, but you know he, last year he was a bust, and he wasn't ready. For the, the the move from right guard to left or right tackle to left guard, I think they asked him to do too much. Quite frankly, I don't think it's just on him. I think that's on the organization. I think it was a bad move. It took too long to move him out of there. I don't want to see that with Cody Malk and Gedeke this year. If they can't play in training camp, move on. You know, if, if you, this is at least especially for Gedeke, this is his second year, and I'm not saying move on. We're done with him. I'm saying. You know, we got to get somebody in there because there's a lot of guys. You know, Baker Mayfield ain't here for the future, right? He's about right now. Todd Bowles is here about right now. There's a lot of guys that are about right now. Yeah. This team doesn't. You know, team doesn't want to hear me say you can't win the Super Bowl. They don't want to hear that. Yeah. And if, if anything, if anything too, if you start the season with Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke, you know, I talked. You said it right there. It took the Bucks seven weeks to figure out that Luke Gedeke could not play the left long. guard position, at least not at least right now, right? Way too right. long. If you look at the schedule, because I looked ahead this morning, two of the first three games, they have a matchup against Minnesota, obviously in week one, and I think it's Philadelphia in week three, I want to say. 
you're going to get two really, really good front sevens right away. And if you're Luke Gedeke in particular, guess who you're seeing week one? You're seeing Daniil Hunter, one of the best in the game. Week yeah. three against Philly, you're going to see Hassan Reddick. And, you know, the brand you know, we already know the Eagles have a t- Josh Sweat and keep on going. So, and same thing goes for, uh, for Cody Malk. The guys that they have inside there are very talented. So, in my opinion, if we make it to week three and that side of the line is holding you back, I think then you'll see hopefully a quick trigger and they'll start to mix it up because we saw last year how the offense, no matter how much talent they had out there, and even with Tom Brady at quarterback and all those things, the offensive line let them down way too much, and like it was really Gedeke at left guard. Those first seven games, they just couldn't get anything done because right. they had one guy who, and it's like it doesn't matter if individually four guys are doing their part. If one, you know this more than anybody, you've watched the game, covered them for a long time, even if one thing is off on the line, it'll send everything into disarray, and that's what happened exactly. last year. Yeah, and then what happens is the the players lose confidence in the coaching staff and the right. organization. Right. I mean, you know, we're going to films every week, and this guy can't hold up. You know, everybody knows it. They're, you know, there's like, well, you know, the whispers start. Well, put, let's put Leverett in there. Let's get somebody else. You know, and so you start losing confidence in in the organization as a player. So, um, yeah, I think they I think they learned their lesson. Hopefully, last year on that on that front and it won't take them as long this time, hopefully. All right. To Clyde, you can't see, um, Todd Bowles will have an update at uh, 1030 when he takes the mic. So we'll try to get the update here. Talking to some folks in the media here, nobody officially on the Buccaneers. Uh, I did not talk to them, but the scuttlebutt is this is a calf injury for Clyde. You he, he went off in the, on the cart. Not, not, I don't say he was carted off. He, you know, he had a little t- twinge, Walked over to the cart, front seated him, took him in. Um, no ACL, none of that, none of that stuff. So calf strain, kind of like Vita Vea's in his rookie year, probably going to take four to six weeks. These are, you know, it's not something you want to linger or mess around with with uh, you know a young player like this. But this is a shot. I mean, it's this is the time when he needed to learn a lot about how to play and how to how it's going to you know feel when he gets out there for real in pads. And he's not going to get that chance, it looks like. I could be wrong. It may be a two-week injury. He can get some pad work in before the season starts. Let's hope so. But if it does linger into the season, then that's – and he doesn't get any training camp or real good padded reps in practice, you know, it's going to be learning on the fly. And I, I think it can set him back his rookie year. So it's, it is not ideal at all, obviously, but um, it's not completely a wash on the first season. So, you know. Not not horrible news, but not great news. Well, like you said, it, I, used, I was going to use the same word. It's not ideal by any means. And it's funny. It's the same thing that happened to Vita Vea in 2018. And, you know, Vita's rookie year was just kind of, you know, probably average, I'd probably say, especially by the standards he's lived up to since then. It was pretty average, and I think that calf injury set him back. He didn't get too many reps with pads. And then you're sprung into, you're, you're springing into NFL action against the best of the best. And how are you going to hold up then? And I don't think I think Vita had an uphill climb his rookie season. So that's the kind of thing I fear now for a Kalijah Kansi, especially the size. And this is where the size comes into play. Because he was able to use his size, I would argue, to his advantage in college. You know, and even though he shined against some of the better matchups he had, you know, you think of Tennessee and the NFL talent there, and that was one of his best games that he put on tape. Mm-hmm. You've got to learn how to use your size, and in this case, the fact that it can be a disadvantage in most cases, 
too much strength. And the only way to do that is you've got to go up against these guys every single day in practice, and you've got to yeah. take and learn and do all those things. He's not going to get that now if it's right. going to be a four- to six-week injury. A four- to six-week injury, he's done with camp, and we'll see you in the regular season. So it's not a perfect thing by any means. And it, it goes back to kind of the poll question you had last week, and you put Kalijah Kansi on, on your top four of players that who needed to really have a good camp. This is definitely a setback for Kalijah Kansi that he's not going to get these opportunities and experiences, so you hate that. The one thing it does open up is this will give, you know, maybe a Logan Hall, for example. Maybe this yeah. gives him more reps, right, and more opportunities to kind of learn a bit about more himself, and obviously a guy who's gained 10, 15 pounds going into this training camp. So that's the positive is you get to see your other top draft pick from the previous year get more reps and opportunities and hopefully he rises he rises to the top here. Yeah. But it definitely your first round pick is not going to be here for the rest of training camp. It is definitely a uh, a slight concern I'll say at this point in time. Well, you know, we say this all the time, watch what people do not what they say, right? right? And you know, the Bucks went out and got a guy at his position, Logan Hall. So he, they told him what they thought of his first year. Doesn't mean he's going to be a bust. It just means that we don't, you know, we didn't see what we wanted to see, and he bulked up, and so now all eyes on him, all eyes on him, and he knows that. He knows that, and he better see this as an opportunity to go out there and, and show this organization that he can play. And look, you can never have enough good defensive line, never. So. You know, it is an opportunity for him to step up, and we'll see if he does. Yeah, because you know, it's, it's crazy because we were talking about how I, we thought the defensive line with Cansey in there was going to be a strength for this team, actually. I, thought they had I, more, I do think that, I thought yeah. they had more depth to the position. But now you look at it, it's like you have the one constant in Vita Vea. You know, we'll see what you get out of Greg Gaines. He only a, plays like 60 Exactly. We'll see what you get out of Greg Gaines, who's probably, a, you know, a, kind of one of those rotational pieces. He's the direct replacement for Nacho. Logan Hall's an uncertainty, and then Will Golston was brought back into the fold. But I think Will's more here for the veteran leadership yeah. and the presence more than what he's going to give you on the field at this stage in his career. So he's all like of a sudden, a, he's like a fifth starter, right? In, in baseball, it's just you got to get some innings out of him. Exactly, you, know, you got to get you know exactly. 30, 40, you know thirty forty plays out of him. You know, yeah. So in the season, so all of a sudden, the defensive line, whereas I thought it was going to be a strength at the moment, I think it's kind of it, it's going him into my uncertainty bracket when it yeah. comes to this team now. No, it's it's a big hit. It's a big hit, and um, you know we're not going to really see his impact now on this team. Maybe until later on in the season. I, you know, talking to defensive linemen over the years, one of the things I've asked I asked them is like, what's different about you know the NFL from college? And most of them will say, you know, you 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 have certain techniques, right? That you, you that are your go to techniques in certain situations. You know, third and long. You know, uh, fourth. You know, fourth and one. There's certain techniques that you use to be effective, right? You know, it, whether it's a certain swim move you like, you like going right, you like going left, whatever your your go-to move is in that, and the technique, your hand technique, your hand placement, your hip thrust, all that stuff. And Kansi needs to be working that stuff out right now and see if it works on NFL line because a lot of times it doesn't. It doesn't. And they'll say, well, then you have to learn other moves. You've got to learn other ways to become better. So that's the setback part of it. You know, he would be experimenting with those right now and find out, wow, that, that move I used to use at Pitt doesn't work here in the NFL. These guys are stronger. They're faster. I got to adjust. So that adjustment period now is set back. So not, not ideal, not ideal, but there's, you know, injuries are part of the game. They're all over, all over the NFL. Um, what else from today? Uh, oh, um, Shaq Barrett's going to talk today. Zach Barrett's going to talk today, so we hope to turn that around for you. 
um, at some point. His he'll talk probably around 1045, I would think. And then we'll try to turn that around for you in the second half. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how he's handling everything. The, the tragic death of his daughter who drowned this offseason, his two-year-old daughter. And coming back from an Achilles a tendon injury, yep. which is threatening his career. I mean, let's just be honest. You know, you go through that off the field heartbreak, which is just unimaginable, you know, and now you're also fighting for your career. And that's, you know, that's a tough one two punch right there for anybody to handle. And, you know, everybody's pulling for him. Everybody's pulling for him. And I hope that, you know, I hope that I, I don't know what to expect today in the press conference. At some point, you know, he had to kind of meet the media and this is going to be it. And, you know, I, I'm going to be in here, obviously, and I honestly, I don't, I don't know what question, how, you, how you would even approach it. You know, you just kind of ask a general question and let him go where he wants to go. Right. You know, and and we'll see what we'll see where that is. And I believe he's expecting, if I'm not mistaken, he's also expecting a child now as well with his wife. Um, yes. So there's yeah. obviously a lot, so a little bit going on in his life. Yeah, there's right. a there's a lot going on in his life not related to football, and that's why, you know, even if let's just say Shaq Barrett comes out and he's you know, 70% of what he was before with the injury. And it's not, that's a player that I'm just not going to bang on much this season. I just won't. I just, how, how, how could you? you yeah. Humanity has to take over at some point. This is just football. So, right. you know, definitely the fact that he has the courage to even go up there and speak today. But I'm sure he could, if he didn't want to speak, he probably could have said, no, it's not the time. I, I just want to pass on this and keep focusing on football and all that stuff. But, uh, so we'll definitely see what happens with that. Uh, the other thing I, you know, just kind of camp observations, uh, just seeing stuff happen that yesterday during Sunday's practice, which I heard was probably the hottest one yet, was yesterday, they said. But yeah. it sounds like the quarterback competition, which we're all keeping a close full eye on, and you know, you talked about it a little bit last week, some of the things you were seeing. It seems like Kyle Trask is starting to assert himself into this no competition. Question. This is no longer a foregone co- conclusion, in my opinion, that Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy because it looks like Kyle Trask, from everything I'm seeing and hearing, coming out of camp, and you could probably speak to it as well, it seems like he's starting to turn it on a little bit here as we get going. There's no question, and you can just see the way he handles himself out there. Um, you know, We said this last week, and I'll reiterate it today and watching it today. He looks like a better professional quarterback. Um, one of the things he mentioned the other day, I don't think we mentioned as well, was the fact that he is playing taller. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he he was playing squatty, and and that you know what I mean by that is you know he would sit low in the pocket, kind of hunch down, and then kind of throw three quarters. Whereas now he's standing tall and delivering over the top. I mean, you just look. You, you can see in the video portion of what we're doing. If you're delivering the ball by your ear and you're six five, you can get away with that. Okay. If you're six five and you're releasing with full extension, now you're six nine. You're almost seven feet. That ball is getting getting out. It's a huge difference in this league. It's and, a huge difference. And velocity as well. I think it's a big yes. velocity difference. And then maybe that's why when I've watched in the last few years, I'm going, man, that guy, for as big as he is, I don't see enough zip on that ball. Right. And maybe that's... he was squatty and it, right. it wasn't extending. And now they've got him really turning his hips and extending out, which is where the real velocity comes from. It's, it's kind of like a, a baseball pitcher as well. You know, if you see these pitchers that kind of are squatty and throw from the ear, right. as opposed to a Tyler Glass now who's up here... And, and pushing down, 
um, yeah, it's it's a totally different dynamic. Yeah, and he he just looks so much better. And then when it comes to other things too, like you know, everybody loves to ask him, you know, oh, what'd you learn from Tom Brady being here for two or for him with two years and all those type of things. Regardless of what he learned from him from the football side of things, maybe he learned something about you know treating his body correctly. Oh no, question. because I think I think everybody who's been out there would say it, and if you see the videos and the photos, he looks a little bit more. You know, trimmer, and I think he said he lost what ten pounds. He yeah, looks a bit more. Yeah, he he definitely looks a bit more trimmer. And what I'm hearing too is the mobility factor. He's showing yeah. off his mobility. And again, all the questions that I've had about Kyle Trask, just from what I've seen the previous two training camps going in through this process, and this is why I'd kind of written him off a little bit. Shame on me, probably. He seems to have come to this camp, and again, this is why you don't name a starter because I want to see how Kyle Trask adapts to having a chance to being a starter in the NFL. And so far, it looks like he's taken that to heart, and, and he's put himself in a good opportunity here to chase Baker Mayfield a little bit. And one thing I will say about today's practice that bothered me about Trask, I think at times he gets lazy in the drills. Um, and when they're throwing against air, you know, there's too many passes where, especially I was watching, they were doing the little seam route for the tight ends, right? And that ball's got to be here. It's got to be here, mm-hmm. out in front of the head, here. It can't be here. And it certainly can't be by your waist behind you. And he threw one there to one of the tight ends who ran a good, what I thought was a good route. Um, there, there, were a cute, there were three or four balls that against there, you got to complete. You got to complete. You got to have better placement. You can't, and it, it may sound like a little detail, but you can't have bad throws in those situations. And everything is being charted. And Baker is more consistent with those throws. He is way more consistent. He spins it better. Um, I think he has a, a better arm than Trask, I, I, I believe. I think he's more accurate, and I think he throws off-platform better than, than Kyle does. I, so, I, you know, we could talk about Trask as a legitimate competitor, but I'm still not coming off the fact that I believe Baker Mayfield is going to be the start. Yeah, and that's not to say, as much as I'm you know, talking Kyle Trask up, that's not to say that Baker has not had a good start to camp, because I believe he has. And even, yes. yesterday, I believe yesterday they said he had to play a day, maybe the whole play at camp, when it looked like it must have been like a 40, 45-yard deep route. And that was the one thing that I started hearing was they haven't really connected well in the deep ball. Neither of these quarterbacks have throughout the process so far. But yesterday, I think it was Baker connected on one to Chris Godwin in coverage. And yep. Chris Godwin kind of went up and brought it down and everything, and everybody went crazy at camp. It was the play of the day. So Baker's having, it sounds like he's having a good camp as well. And that's, and that's But that's competition. Again, I can't go. You go back to it. That's why you don't name a quarterback right now because these guys are both living up to the competition. And if we're, you know, let's not forget our history. Baker plays the game aggressively, right? Right. He t- and he takes hits, probably too many hits, more than he needs. You know, when he runs out of the pocket, he's not a guy that's looking for the sideline. He's looking for the most yards he can get. He's, you know, he separated his shoulder two years ago and played with it. Uh, tweaked his ankle last year. He, 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 he plays a, a rambunctious style of quarterback. So if you think Baker Mayfield is going to go through this season unscathed with a, you know, an offensive line that's in flux, let's, we talked about it, you're crazy. I think Trask is going to play. I think, I think there'll be a time when Mayfield is injured and can't answer the bell. I'm just predicting it. Not, you know, we're not hoping for injury or season. You know, we don't know how long it's going to be, but I think there's going to be a window where, and remember, you know, there are, you know, there's a lots of times when players are injured where it's 50-50. Should he go? Should he not go? And I think if the Bucks are prudent, when, you know, if he tweaks an ankle, I want to see Kyle Trask. 
I want to see Kyle Trask in a game. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not putting a Baker Mayfield out there who's maybe, you know, 50% on an ankle or 40, 30% on a bad ankle just because he's the starter. I mean, he ain't Tom Brady, right? If there's an opportunity to give to Trask where, you, where a healthy Trask might be better than an injured, you know, Baker Mayfield, I think you give, you'll give that opportunity. So I think, I think Kyle Trask knows he's going to get a game or two, if not more this year, even if Baker's named the starter. So, and that's why that's another reason why I think Canales is playing this. Let's have a full fledged competition uh, game, and I, I and I think it's I think it's the right way to go. It wouldn't even surprise me, even if it wasn't for an injury or something. It would not surprise me one bit if you saw both quarterbacks play throughout this year. Yeah, it just would not yeah. surprise me because we've kind of talked about there are possibilities. As much as we're high on this team than others, there is a possibility that this thing goes south. It just is. That's the nature of the beast. I mean, what happens if the quarterback play is just that bad? And this is Baker Mayfield of last year in Carolina all over again. What hap- If that happens, it doesn't matter who you have on the field at some point. You're going to just start losing games. And eventually they'll have to make a, a change to a Kyle Trask to see what he has. So that possibility is always there. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit if you see both these quarterbacks without an in- even if there's not an injury there. It just wouldn't surprise me one bit. And the curiosity in me, knowing the Bucks are not going to win a Super Bowl this year, and they're not going to be a major player when it comes to the playoffs and all those things, the curiosity factor wants to see Kyle Trask out there. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I want to yeah. see it a little bit with the ones and how it goes. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think we will. All right, before we hit the break, uh, quick uh, couple notes on the Rays. You know, I'm repping the Rays today. They win the series. I'm, you know, I'm back on the train, right? And I, you know, I sacrificed myself bitching about, Brandon Lau, I mean, we bitched so much about this guy, get rid of him, that he finally answered the bell because that's what we do here at the J.P. Peterson Show. Anybody we rag on answers the bell. So it's time to go after Wander Franco, which we've already started doing, right? Um, we need to ramp that up a little well, bit. Well, hold up. Have you no- did you notice the series that Wander Franco had in Houston? From, well, he- from game one in the first series, he hit the triple on his first at-bat, and he kind of set the tone. I thought Wander Franco had an outstanding series. He had a home run. better. I thought yeah, he had yeah, a really good yeah. series. Yeah, and get made a hell of a play defensively. Yeah, defensively, oh. he was locked down all weekend. Great, you know, they made the you know the Jeter play we call. But you, you remember when Jeter made that play? That throws a lollipop. You know, he gets you know he jump up and throw kind of, and it would kind of go over there. Yeah, that throw Franco made, jumping in the air, that was a seed, and it needed to be. It had to be to get the guy. That was spectacular. So yeah, you're right. He's starting to answer the bell a little bit, but Brandon Lau. I mean, couple of knock, couple of knocks this weekend. Well, he's got eight RBI in his last six games. Yeah, nine Let's of, go. Nine of Let's 19 go. in his last five games. That's almost a 500 batting average. And, again, it's so funny to me. Literally, the day of that he decided to get on this hot streak is when I came on this show and said that I had given up hope that he was going to find his hot streak, magical hot streak. And then here we are. It looks yeah. like we're approaching the two- to three-week Brandon Lau carrying a lineup type of hot streak but it's not just him by the way it's not just him carrying the lineup because if you get the Wander Franco that I saw this weekend in Houston and the other dude that needed to heat up Mr. Josh Lowe who all of a sudden I thought he had a really nice series in Houston as well especially yesterday in that first inning with that big hit to to make huge huge hit in the first inning I thought the Rays had that game in hand immediately after they got to that magic four number which we've talked about that's the magic number they got to get to is four got it in the first inning and that was Josh Lowe so some encouraging signs, and against a really good baseball team, 
that's yeah. been playing really good as well. And this is the funny thing about baseball. The, the Rays were playing better than anybody at the beginning of the year. And the first series they dropped was to the Astros, when the Astros were not playing well. Right. Now here we go. The Rays are playing literally better than one team in the league at the moment going into the series, and that was the White Sox, who are trading everybody off. And they go against one of the hottest teams in the Astros, defending World Series champs, in their place, and now they win the series. And in the middle of that was a 17-4 to bludgeoning as well. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, that was ugly. And I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to lose two out of three. How do you come back from 17-4? to But they do. They, they do. And it doesn't matter. That game, to me, you throw it out the window. They won two out of right. three against Houston, and now you get the Yankees, who, who did not have a good series in Baltimore. It only counts one. It only counts one. One game. 17 runs only counts one game. You can't bank them for the next one. So, uh, yeah, good weekend for the Rays. But, but, but we got an issue. We got an issue, and we're going to talk about it next because I'm hot. I'm hot about this. I'm hot. So we're taking aim at my favorite person when we come back. That's you, Stu Sternberg. That's you, Stu Sturm. <laughs> Stand by. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. We're going to sue Stu Sturmberg for non-support of the fans. Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Uh, Chris Lugo is going to join us at 1145. He's, he's watching the Ryan Jensen interview as we speak on stem cells, and we're going to talk about how Ryan went about his recovery and um, you know if it's going to work what lasting legacy will this have in sports industry so much so much more coming your way stay with us right here live from training camp on the jp peterson show hey guys are you experiencing those feelings of getting older lower sex drive fatigue hot flashes moodiness or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had it's a chronic problem here in the united states you're not just getting old it's likely low testosterone studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39 older men have seen a sharp decline as well so do something about it go see my friend christopher lugo at bay area modern medicine look testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment it takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness vitality and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bamc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bamc.com jp here for the jeeves law group have you been injured in an accident in an auto accident truck accident motorcycle accident at work or at a place of business well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, 
check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. Alright, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-Z-E-S Law Group.com. They've been involved in an accident. They are the people to give you the great personal attention you so richly deserve. So just contact them through the website, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com, and we will Having our Gator segments every Thursday, brought to you by the G's Law Group as we get set for some college football. What are we, 30? I think we're 30 days away from FSU, LSU, baby. You're almost there. How about that? You're almost there. I even saw at least UCF today had one of their first practices, so we're getting going there as well. This is the best time. We're entering the best time of the year. Yes. Baseball heating up. For postseason, uh, teams that are serious about the postseason are making moves. And this year's your Tampa Bay Rays. You have such, you have such an innate ability, you know, to hop off the bandwagon, and then you see one series, and you hop right back on the bandwagon, and then you have to come on here, and I know where you're going now. So go ahead. Well, what are we doing? 
Looks like the uh, Rangers are open for business. Looks like they're going to add some pieces. Like, how about every piece available? What are the Rays doing? Effing nothing. And while all the players get scooped up by other teams, the Rays sit back and wait for that perfect deal, right? That perfect deal. The deal that they can take somebody to the cleaners. Well, maybe sometimes you got to give up something to get something. And I don't care what you want to say about we were in it on this, we were in it on this, we went to, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. If they do nothing by the deadline, and I'm not, I'm talking they have to do something significant. They have to add two significant. Look what the Rangers are doing. Look what everybody else is in, in contention is doing. The Rays are doing squat. They've had opportunities. The guys that we need have gone by the wayside. Um, I mean, look at the Rangers roster now with, with, with Scherzer and everybody else. What? We can't beat the Rangers. Well, no way. Well, let's, take, let's, let's, take into, no way. let's take into account what the Rangers did. So they go and get Max Scherzer. But you know what happened the same day that they acquired Max Scherzer? What? Uh, Nathan Yavaldi went on the injured list with a right forearm strain. Uh-oh. I don't want to speculate, but what do right forearm strains typically indicate? Tommy John, especially for guys you've had, he's had what two or three? Correct. Yeah. So in the same vein that they added a an ace, a bonus, even though he hasn't pitched like one this year for the Mets, but that's a, he's a bulldog. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Max Scherzer is not the kind of guy you'd want on the mound in a big game. Um, they took a step back there because they might they might who knows what happens with Nathan Yavaldi. Now the the counterside to that is they went and acquired uh, Montgomery from the Cardinals, who's a very steady kind of. You know, number three in your rotation type of guy, yeah. and that's a Former really raised draft pick. Yes, absolutely, uh, a very good move I'd add. So the Rangers, let's have they gotten better? Yes, we'll say that they got better. Um, you know, look at the round, but look around the rest of the American League. I mean, what have the Orioles done? They made one move so far. What was that? Shintaro Fujinami. Does that move the needle much for you, for Baltimore's no. sake? Not no. really. Uh, he, Toronto. They Jordan went out. Hicks. The guy went out. And got Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks was one of those names that I thought would be would make sense for the Rays. Uh, Toronto goes and gets them. In the grand scheme of things, how much better did Toronto get? I don't think it moves the needle. Mu- I don't think Jordan no, Hicks it, makes you significantly they needed some, better. They needed somebody on the back. It's end. something, but you know, I, I I don't know. And then the team to me that's making the most moves in the American League right now is the Angels. Because they decided they wanted to show up, they wanted to hold on to Shohei Otani, and now they're going crazy. They added Giolito, they added C.J. Crone, they added Randall Grichik, and so on. And maybe they're not even done. They're going all in, right? But the right. Angels, to me, are just the ultimate pretenders, and they're doing this so that they could show Shohei Otani, like, hey, we're going for it, so they can have a better presentation offer for him in the offseason. That's the way I view what the Angels are doing. So I almost take them with a grain of salt. The problem is with the Rays right now and some of these other teams. And why this is shaping up to be potentially the most boring trade deadline day ever. Not saying there hasn't been significant moves, but the actual trade deadline day, which is tomorrow, um, it's shaping up to me the most boring one is because there's not many sellers. This is not a seller's market. In the American League, if you're looking for the teams that are selling, we're talking Detroit, Chicago, Kansas City, and Oakland. Now, look at those four destinations. Is there anybody on Detroit you want? No. Maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll go with a maybe, like a Michael Lorenzen, a Jason Foley. Those are two pitchers. If you got them in a package, I'd be over the moon. Oakland, anybody there you want? Mm, no. 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 Kansas City, maybe. Salve. 
Maybe, and that's on the high end. So maybe that's a team. And then Chicago, I think everybody that they were going to trade, they've probably already moved on from already. Um, And then you go to the National League, there's four teams there. Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Washington, and Colorado. And then you have the Mets, who are kind of in the middle. They traded Scherzer, but the only other guys that they're really opening up for trade discussions are like a Mark Canna, for example. And I, I just have Mark Canna doesn't really move the needle much for me as a Rays fan, so I almost balk on that one. It's not really a big seller's market right now, especially when you're trying to get a big hitter. I'm looking at it right now. I don't know where a big bat is coming from with the market, given what it is right now. It seems like if the Rays are going to make a move, it probably seems at this stage it might be in pitching. And listen, I'm not opposed to adding a starter to the mix here. I'm really not. Because well, I got news for you. This offense ain't winning anything. It's not. You may be true. I'm just telling you, I just don't see where this big hitter is coming from, given the market right now. They may surprise me, but I don't know. I think a lot of the big names are going to stay put because these are really tough deals to make. Uh, so I think it might be a pitcher. I think a, a number four what starter. What about the Mets? What about the Mets? Well, I just told you. I don't think the Mets are trading the big what guys. What about Goldschmidt? That's a tough move to make. I mean, even Aaron, even Arenado, even Arenado said that he would, he would, you know, he would entertain a move to Los Angeles. But the chance of it happening on the report then was one percent. So if it's a one percent chance that Arenado gets traded, what's the percentage that Goldschmidt gets traded? And that's a team that historically has never gone into selling mode, and this is new for them. Those are tough moves to make from an yeah. organization like the Cardinals. So I think those moves are unlikely. But a fourth starter, given especially with Todd Bradley, you saw him. He did not fare well against Houston. No. Rookie ups and downs. He's going to hit an innings limit. I'm paying attention to Shane McClanahan, and it's looking a lot similar to what happened last year. Yep. Okay, but I'd argue yep. just a little bit worse. Shane McClanahan's last six outings, he has not been Shane McClanahan. I'm just putting that out there. Okay, yep. and what happened last year? The same thing. Started out really hot. Second half of the season wasn't great. So I'm keeping yep. my eye on what's going on with Shane McClanahan. And then Zach Eflin, we'll see how he goes tonight, but obviously the knee injury scare. He's had two of his last three outings have not been good. I think they've got to add a fourth starter into this mix, some kind of veteran. I mean, Lance Lynn was a nice name at the Rays, I think, we're in the discussions for, but you saw what the Dodgers went out and got. You can, If you want to rip the Rays for not getting more into those discussions, I guess we can have that. But maybe there's another guy out there, but that's kind of where I'm leaning right now is a fourth starter is what they need. Yeah, I'm always... I always feel like they're going to figure out the pitching. They've got to figure out the offense. They've never gone into the postseason with what I would think would say is a dangerous offense. Certainly not last year. I shouldn't say never. Um, you know, obviously, and but but again, where are the proven hitters? Where are the where are the guys that make a difference in the postseason? They have you know you got to sometimes teams have to be kind of nudged into the idea of trading these guys, and I think it's time for the Rays to be aggressive in that area. And I, you know, Goldsmith would be a perfect one to do it. But again, he makes what twenty three, twenty five million that they'd be on the hook for next year. Correct. And you know, and they they're already on the hook for twenty five million for uh, for Glass now. So I can't. It, it, but they should be paying this type of money. If you're going to play with the big boys, you got to pay with the big boys. And you know, Dick Vitale said that many many years ago. And if you can't do it, sell the effing team. I, and I, I will- just I cannot believe. I do not believe. And, and, and the conversation I had with Eric Neander a couple, month and a half ago, I cannot believe that Eric Neander is just sitting on his hands. I, I don't believe that for one second. I believe, I believe he's taken two or three, maybe more deals to management, to ownership, and they've nixed every single one because it's too much money. 
That's my personal feeling. I don't have any inside information on that. I just know that Eric Neander's been doing stuff. He's not been sitting on his hands, and nothing has been done. So that tells me he keeps bringing deals to ownership, and they keep shooting them down. Well, it's the same way he's de- dealt with the stadium. Everybody brings everything to him, brings him great deals. We're going to move stuff ahead. But he's so freaking cheap, he won't come off the dime. He just won't. And I think this is all we'll never know officially, but this is all on Stu Sternberg, in my opinion. Well, I'll just, I'll just point this out, too. If I'm looking first, and again, the trade deadline is tomorrow, so let's be, we still got the rest of today, and we've got most of tomorrow to figure this out if they're going to make any moves, okay? So I think if, you, if we want to come on on Wednesday and they haven't done anything, I think it'd be more accurate then to really go in on the, on the, uh, the front office here. Is that fair? Okay. I think that's fair. that's fair. Until then, I'm, I'm going to try get, to give them. Just getting a jump on it here. I understand. I, what's I understand. And I, know and you, I hope I'm wrong. I know you call but, me naive, but I'm just trying to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here because they have started, in my opinion, to shift the way they're doing business. When you look at the contracts they're giving out, locking up the core, things like that, getting a little bit more outside their comfort zone. I'm seeing it, and I want to see what happens with the trade market. I will give you one possibility, and this is, again, this came over, I think, this morning, of a team that's kind of in, in the mid-territory. They don't know if they should go buy or they don't know should they go sell. But this was from Bob Nightingale, and I'll, I'm going to the Mariners here, who are four and a half out of the wild card battle, and he says they don't plan on trading uh, any of their, their young pieces but they're listening to offers for several of their veterans. And those names are Teoscar Hernandez, Paul Seawald, and Ty France. I will tell you just right off the bat, Teoscar Hernandez, albeit not as great this season as he was for Toronto a couple seasons prior, that guy could hit the ball out of the ballpark, and you can put him in the middle of your order, and he could play some DH for you, whatever it need be. I like that. I like Ty France as well, who the timing of this, he's gotten really hot for the Mariners here after a slow start to the season. And Paul Seawald, 33 years old, veteran reliever. He's been closing games for the Mariners the last two years. He would certainly fit the bill of somebody you'd like to add to the back end of your bullpen. If you were able to get your hands on two of those guys in a package, I think I'd be all in for that. And then the other thing that intrigues me is the, is the two guys in Detroit as a package, and that's Lorenzen who's pitched well and had, was an all-star this year, and he fits that fourth bill starter, and a Jason Foley, who's been really good for them, and that fits a back-end bullpen piece. So I will say right now, those are two teams and a few handful of players that I will not rule the Rays out right now. Outside of that, I think it's going to be something surprising, if anything. Okay. All right. We shall see. Um, but the good news is the Rays win the series this weekend, yes. and hopefully they are um, – Ticking. They needed to win it. They needed to win a series. Let's just be honest. And again, oh, here come the Yankees. Or they or they go up to New York to play the Yankees. The Yankees are not playing good baseball right now. The no. Yankees are not playing good baseball right now. This is a great opportunity. And the Rays, I think they get their what is it, Glasnow, Eflin, and McClanahan here. So they get the rotation set the way they'd like it going into this series against the Yankees. This is not a huge series necessarily. This is a last place Yankees team, but the Rays usually come to play against these Yankees. If there's anything right. you could say about them, they come to play against the Yankees. And given the way that Brandon Lau is swinging the bat and Josh Lowe is swinging the bat, short porch in right field, I like my chances here with the Rays in this series. I think Brandon Lau is going to continue that hot streak here. My gut tells me at Yankee Stadium. Short porch. Let's short go. Short porch. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Um, I, do we even want to play any of the Rays sound from yesterday? 
uh, cash post, any of that stuff? What do you think? Well, let's play the highlight, should we? Because again, we've we've talked so much about Brandon Lau, his shortcomings. Okay. We gotta, I gotta hype him up a little bit, you know. You gotta yeah. hype him up a little bit. So let's play the home run. He's from, earned it. He's earned it. Let's play the home run from Brandon Lau yesterday, who was up to 13 home runs now on the season. There's a shot high and deep to right. That baby's gonna go out of here. Home run for Brandon Lau. His 13th of the year. And the Rays come up with two on one swing of the bat. Yeah, and he hit that too. That was a hanging breaking ball. And that's the same way he hit his first one of the series on Friday. And when Brandon Lau's getting pitch breaking balls like that, and he's hitting them like that, that tells me he's locked in right now. So, again, hot streak Brandon Lau. I'm up for it. Uh, we can play the cash Let's audio. Go. We can play the cash audio if you'd yeah. like. Obviously, I'm sure he had more enjoyable time talking to the media this time after a series win. So here was Indeed. here was Kevin Cash, the manager of your Tampa Bay Rays. Kevin, the offense got going in multiple ways today. How nice was it to see contributions up and down the lineup? Very nice. You know, we had some big at-bats with some guys on base. Probably none bigger than Josh's coming up there. Could have been somewhat frustrating had we not capitalized in that moment, but Josh got a pitch he could drive and cleared the bases, so really good, and good for Littell, too, to get some um, some support, um, and he threw the ball really, really well. Yeah, just specifically more on him, the five innings, it seems like the strike throwing was there. What did you like most? Uh, strike throwing, I mean, he kept himself in the count the entire time. Uh, I mean, he's so much around the zone, he, he creates a lot of deception, you know, talking to Kyle throughout the game. I probably pushed him a little longer than needed, but I really wanted him to have the opportunity at the win, but um, he said he felt good, so very encouraged by his overall performance. Big moment at the point of the game in the fifth, Wander's play in the hole that was reviewed, ended up getting two outs. How big was that momentum swing right there? <laughs> Huge, because uh, we're probably making a pitching change. Had it not been, uh, it was a, just a tremendous play by Wander. Wander had a really good series uh, at the plate, defensively, everything, so happy for him. And then along those lines, Brandon with another home run. That's yep. four in 10 or 11 games, something like that. It's yeah, when like you look at when he's come back, since he's been back, he, he is really, he's limited the strikeouts. The, the power is showing like he's capable of, um, you know, it, we're glad to have him back and glad that he got going on this series. We needed all those offensive, all those runs, and he provided plenty of them. The value of what Littell has given you, just given that you've been a little short and been able to jump in there and do what he did? Um, it's been huge. I mean, you know, I think that Kyle does a good job with the messaging. Uh, the pitchers, you know, they, most relievers like to be built up or have the opportunity to be built up. I understand why, uh, but it's not that easy to do, and he's really, really done well. And then just Erasmo, too, giving you three innings right out of the, you know, yeah. right off the plane. Uh, Erasmo's worked hard. I think his last outing, he was, you know, throwing 35, 37 pitches, something like that. Uh, it was pretty efficient up until those last couple of at-bats where there was more like a bunch of foul balls that drove him up. But he looked really good, very similar to the Erasmo that we saw years ago. I forgot about that. Erasmo Ramirez. Erasmo! Back on the mound for the Rays. Like, we're throwing it back six years ago. I just, when we acquired wow. him, I literally was like, he's still in the league? Like, no offense to I Erasmo. I had no idea. I had no, I had no had idea, no but idea. he gave him a nice contribution yesterday. But, you know, he'll probably, if they make a move, he'll, let's, he'll be the DFA. You know, I think that's clear. But also, he mentioned there, I didn't mention it yet, Zach Littell, let's throw some flowers onto that guy, who you talk about coming up in a pinch. Last two or three times out there, he's given them some length that they've desperately, desperately needed, and I think he's been okay. And I, I put this stat here yesterday or this morning here, and I saw this today, and I didn't know this. Since they acquired him, 
28 strikeouts and only two walks in 29 and two-thirds. That's a 14K to walk ratio, which is the wow. second best in MLB since he joined the Rays. And this wow. is a guy that just got off the street from Boston after they waived him. So credit where credit is due. The Rays t- finding these guys and then performing, overperforming, outperforming their baseball card. Maybe I should say it that way. There continues to work out. Um, so let's, yes, let's throw some flowers to Zach Littell, helping him out within a little bit of a pinch here. All right, so uh, Rays and Yankees uh, get it started uh, in the boogie down here. What, is that tonight or do they get started tomorrow? That is tonight. We got Monday, tonight. Tuesday, Wednesday here. All right, cool, cool. Um, we'll have a couple more notes from practice today, from Bucks practice. We're going to uh, get into some other stuff going on around the league, including Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade. Should the Bucks be interested in trading for Jonathan and Taylor? And um, as far as I know, Dalvin Cook's still out on the uh, on the market as well. Is this something that the Bucks should be looking at? So we'll uh, talk about that and much more in our second half of the show. Here uh, we are coming to you live from Bucks Camp, brought to you by the Chiefs Law Group. Our first hour, J E E V E S Law Group Also the sponsor of our Gator Thursdays report. So check that out as well as we get football season started again here. And also Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo is going to join us at eleven forty-five. And break down what exactly Ryan Jensen uh, did in his recovery and how grain groundbreaking it was. And we're also going to hear from Ryan Jensen as well. So stay with us. Big second hour coming your way. All right. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? 
Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. We're coming to you live from the Advent Health Bucks Training Center. It was military day today. Brought in a, a big helo from the Coast Guard. Made a couple of passes around the building and then landed and then hovered for a little while. Gigantic uh, helicopter. Had a little pomp and circumstance. The uh, fans out here, all the military folks out here. So thank you so much for your service. Uh, the Bucks always doing a great job with the military each and every year. So uh, really give them a lot of great access to their team. And it's been a great partnership over the year. Uh, we're brought to you by the Chiefs Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, who just saved me $1,000 on my yearly auto premium. So if you want to allow them to shop at your uh, 
homeowners insurance, your auto insurance, all types of insurance. Do that. They can save you a ton of money, which is very important these days, right? 813-877-7799. A human being will answer the phone and you'll get great customer service. My friend Charity there stayed till 930 at night to get my auto insurance done by midnight. And I appreciate her doing that, but that's just what they do at Italiano. 813-877-7799. All right, uh, we're going to get to uh, Shaq Bear and Ty Bowles here from today in just a minute. A couple other notes, though, from our uh, friend uh, Greg Allman, who was out there at practice today. And after I left, he had to uh, take over eyes and ears here. Says um, Russell Gage had a nice sideline catch today. I did see him make that. Also um, had, a couple, had a couple drops from my eyes. Uh, Yaya Diaby with a nice diving interception of a deflected pass later on. Uh, Baker Mayfield picked off in the end zone by Antoine Winfield. Remember, um, you know, Todd Bowles and Dave Canales, very, very adamant that the guy that turns it over less is going to get the starting job. Um, Trask with a touchdown to Trey Palmer at the goal line today, according to Greg Amon. Um, Cade Warner with a crazy sideline catch by Cade, or Cade Warner of a, a Baker Mayfield ball, and he had another deep ball that um, – was caught by, from Baker early in the, in the year uh, and in the practice as well. So um, just a couple more observations there from camp. I also, I didn't mention it either, but yesterday I, he had another interception, and that's your boy Servassier. I hear yeah. Servassier, man. Woo. I tell you what, he seems like of all the rookies so far, he seems like he's the most ready to play. I would agree with that. I'd throw Josh Hayes in there as well. Yeah, um, like I mean, I, keep, I saw from him. I hear a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's at least the three names that I keep hearing early on in camp that are making plays. I hear Servassier's name, and then the two undrafted kids, Raheem Jarrett. I hear his name a lot. Yes, Rock Jarrett. And yeah. I hear uh, Cade Warner, like you said. I hear his yeah. name a lot too. Those those three players, and maybe I mean, you let me know if there's anybody else that you've seen. But those Is three players, in? from what you've seen so far, to me are like the three rookie standouts. I'd have to think. Is he in uh, Trey Palmer? Had a couple of uh, nice plays today, a couple of really great catches. He's a he's a thick receiver. Um, I'm still waiting for him to just get you know get deep and in, in, in full stride and get hit um, and see if he can make the catch. That's that was kind of a I don't want to say a knock on him, but I think that's why he lasted to the sixth round. That maybe he doesn't track the ball as well as he he should. But you know this is what happens when you get to the NFL. You get the best coaching, you get the best preparation. You should pick up the holes in your game. Um, but that's one of the things that great natural receivers can just kind of pick up the ball, make the adjustments and make the plays. And, you know, some guys can't, he certainly Trey Palmer has the tools, He's six foot, six, one, 210 pounds, big guy, big guy. And he can fly. Um, all right. I wanted to mention this before we get to Shaq Barrett. Um, Mike Evans talked yesterday about his contract situation. He's in the final year of a five year, $82 million contract. Um, He's going to get a new deal from the Buccaneers. They've been talking about it. They haven't been able to agree on it yet, and probably because of the Devontae Adams contract, the five-year, $140 million deal with the Raiders, $65 million guaranteed. And he was in the same draft class as Evans, has 788 fewer receiving yards but six more touchdowns than Evans did. does. Um, they're comparable receivers. You know, Obviously, Evans is asking for comparable money at this point of his career, um, that's a lot to pay a 29-year-old receiver, you know, in a five-year deal. I would probably think the, the Bucks are trying to make it a four-year deal. 
I, I um, thought it was going to be like three years. Like I thought the number pointed out was like three years, sixty million would be like a really good type of deal. He gets the same yearly earnings as Chris Godwin, and he stays a buck for you know probably the rest of his career. Yeah, and you have to remember though the cap's going up every year, right? So his you know his representative is going to be asking for maybe a little bit more than Godwin got. So I, I think. I just don't think this is the place to to penny pinch, and I I normally would not say give a guy a deal at at this age a third deal, but it's the receiver position, which can have some longevity. You know, Mike Evans has done a terrific job of remaking his body. I think Brady really helped him with that, and I think he's gotten more durable. So I don't I don't have any durability questions about Mike Evans. I don't mind paying. I mean, five years I think is a bit of a stretch. I do too. I'd be much. I'd be much more comfortable four max. Three would be better. But he's got the he's got the leverage to demand four or maybe five. And yeah, and I, I know you're. I know how you feel about you know. And we talk about it being too sentimental sometimes can get you in trouble. Yeah. But I feel like when you have a player like this, and this is a guy that you're putting your the, the numbers going up in the Ring of Honor the day he retires, he might yeah. be in Canton one day. I can't think of a more selfless player than Mike Evans for majority of his career while he's been here. I mean, how many times has he redone contracts over and over and over to help this team win? That's all he ever wanted well, to do was win. Remember, though, when you redo your contract, sometimes it's better for the player because you're getting the money up front. So True. It's not, that's not a real sack. You know, everybody kind of says, oh, he redid his deals. The reason he did is because he makes the most money, and that will give you the most salary cap. It really doesn't hurt the player. In fact, it's, you know, depending on what you're – you know your financial uh, preferences are. You, you well, then, like I'll, it. then I'll go to this point. Then most top receivers are very chatty and very yes. vocal about wanting the yes. football and this and that. Right. And I've never, at least to my knowledge, heard Mike Evans get up there and bitch and complain about anything. Even when he could have had a right to, he's just right. gone out there and worked and wanted hey, to. Win. Of all the guys that could hold out, that have the uh, leverage to hold out, that have the gravitas to hold out. Um, Mike Evans in a fight have, doesn't have a deal yet. He's not he was, like he is not like most number one receivers right, that you come exactly. around in the NFL. Most number one receivers like Mike Evans have given his numbers. Uh, yeah. would be bitching and moaning about trade me or pay me. And look at look at just look at the way that receivers move on nowadays. Uh, Antonio Brown right. is the greatest example of that. Um, he moved on in the prime of his career from a great situation. Tyreek Hill moved on from Patrick Mahomes. Right, because he wanted to get paid. Devonte Adams moved away from Aaron Rodgers to get paid. Uh, right. You keep going. I mean, there was the whole thing with Stephon Diggs and all that going on. Whatever that seems to be okay now. But DeAndre Hopkins, the same thing has happened to him. He's been traded. He's been released. Things like that, getting paid, all those type of things. But you never have heard about those stories with Mike Evans. You just never have. So I think the Bucks owe it to him. And I know sentimentality, all those things. I think you you owe it to him for him to be a Buck for life. I think right I next right next to Levante, in my opinion. I think, you know, Mike Evans has been a really good soldier over the years. Mike Evans could have said a lot of stuff about a lot of guys on this team that he's played with over the years, uh, Antonio Brown being one of them. Uh, but he's always been a good soldier. He's never created drama. In fact, he has probably squashed more drama than we know about. Right. Um, he, he's a team. He's the ultimate team guy, which is another reason you pay him. Right. And even you like got to you got to send a message to the rest of the group that if you be you know if you're a team guy, <clears throat> Devin White, if you're a team guy and you're you don't bitch and moan about this stuff, you're going to get rewarded because if you don't, 
then you're going to get more Devin White's situation. Right, and even the little things like yesterday, like I said, it, it sounded like it was like the hottest day of camp so far was yesterday. And, you know, he's taking pictures, signing autographs, doing all those things before. And then also after practice, when it's even right. hotter, when it's like noon almost, what or is he doing? They just want to get in there. Just want to get out, right? They want to get inside. Nope, Mike Evans was out there, I heard, for like 30 minutes, taking time, taking pictures, signing autographs. These, I'm just telling you, it's the little things. It yeah. is the little things. He, when you think of the Buccaneers, am I, he's the face of the team. He is the prototypical face of your franchise, in my opinion, and that's why he's going to be a buck for life. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. Um, yeah, and I think this deal will get done pretty quickly, and that's going to open up some salary cap room, by the way, when the deal gets done. And that's going to allow them, the Bucks, if they wanted to, go get a Jonathan Taylor, go get a Dalvin Cook, uh, maybe yeah. if there's another position player open that they that they want to look at an offensive lineman, um, I whatever it's going to give them some flexibility. I scoff so hard at that at the running back part. I I just I know maybe I'm part of the problem, but I just I just am not in favor of paying the running back the second deal. I'm just not. I've I, like I'm thinking if you know, and I think the Bucks have, Cook and I think Jonathan. The, yeah, but I, I think, and I'm I'm also projecting that I think Rashad White is going to turn himself into one of those type of guys this year. I maybe agree. maybe he will never be as good as a Jonathan Taylor or Dalvin Cook, but I think he's going to be in that tier right below them. And I think that's all you can ask for from your good running enough. back. That's good enough. Hey, listen, for me. It, it's unlikely that he will become a Dalvin Cook or Jonathan Taylor. Correct. Or we, you know, we might have seen a little bit more last year. But I think the world of him, and I think he's going to have a great season. And yes, I would agree. Now, if for some reason. You know, because it, um, you know, it kind of happened a little bit late, and a lot of teams don't have the cap room. Um, and Dalvin Cook or Taylor wants to just sign a one-year deal, kind of a prove-it, you know, deal or whatever, and wants to come play somewhere. I'd do that. Um, but actually, Taylor's still under contract. Yes. So you would have to pick up his salary and, this year. I think is four million dollars. And by the way, eight. and by the way, he has the whole thing with his situation. He truly has no leverage at all. Right. Because I think there's a clause in there. If he holds out, he will forego his rights to be an unrestricted free agent. And yeah, so next year, under no, so next year instead of being a UFA, he will be an RFA. So right. the Colts will still dictate what your value is. Now, right. do I agree with the way that Jim Jim Irsay again? He's a he's a loose, he's just a loose cannon. And the comment he made about nobody's going to miss him. It's just not the thing you want to say about your stupid. best player. It's a stupid, stupid thing to say. I think owners just need to stay in the background. Like I, agree. I never hear from the Glazers when it comes to the Bucks handlings. And I truly don't need to. Right. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. When I hear Jim Irsay and Jerry Jones to an extent, just always in front of the media and talking, I don't get it. I no, just, thank you. I don't understand it. I think that was a stupid thing to say, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I, I'm not in favor of giving a running back a big deal. I'm just not. In, in very minimal situations. I mean, the Bucks have already done that before. Jason likes been through it with Doug Martin, and we how, we saw how that turned out. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. You know that. But Jonathan Taylor comes with the $4 million or $3.8 million salary this year. That might be something I would look at if I was the Buccaneers. Because as much as I like Rashad White, it's not a whole lot of depth behind him. You know, I think Keyshawn can play. What happens to your boy Keyshawn you love? I, I think Keyshawn can play. I, I yeah, but again, you know, if I can make your, if you can make your team better and deeper, you do it. But I don't think you that's do a it. move. I don't think the Bucks are in the right spot for that, though. I just if don't. One year deal. One year deal. Were, if the Bucks, were, if the Bucks were closer to contending for a Super Bowl and we were still in a window like we were last year, okay. 
I could see it. Why do you think Dalvin Cook is entertaining the Jets right now? Because Rodgers is there, and they're trying to do the whole thing where, you know, Rodgers is playing basically the, the role of Tom Brady. And they're mm-hmm. trying to add all this veteran talent, and it seems like Dalvin wants to go there. To me, that's going to get done eventually. He's going to be off the market in the next few days. Right. He's going to yeah. be a Jet. There's just no way I. There's I just so. no way he's not going to be a Jet, in my opinion. I agree. All right, uh, let's check in with Shaq Barrett, who spoke with the media today. As many of you know, he lost his two-year-old daughter to a drowning incident um, this past summer. Just horrible, horrific. Uh, they're also expecting another child. Um, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. So lots going on in the life of Shaq Barrett. Everybody's pulling for him, and he spoke with the media today. Got a new number seven one yet. How good does it feel? How do you feel out there coming back from your Achilles uh, after what was a, a big rehab for you? I feel good. It feels like a long time coming. We took it uh, at a perfect pace, get me ready for camp. Just uh, I missed it so much, and I'm just happy to be out here to start getting back into practice flow, game flow, and just to be out here working with my team. I just I missed it a lot, and I'm happy to be a part of the team again. Check, was there a moment where you, where you felt like physically you were back, where you felt like your old self out there? Uh, I've been feeling like that for a minute. <laughs> all that running and all the change of direction stuff I've been doing with the trainers helped me get a level of confidence in myself. So it was just a matter of getting out here, going against the offensive tackle and getting like some pressure against me while I'm trying to turn a corner. And once I was able to do that and uh, feel that, and it maintained, I didn't feel anything. It felt normal. So I'm ready to go. Like, I'm as close to 100% as possible as you can be with a couple of days in a camp. Obviously, uh, during the offseason, the tragic loss of your daughter, how are you doing? How is your family coping with, with all that is happening? Is this is a daily battle, tough battle. The day I felt it heavier today than I did the last couple of days is uh just comes in ways. We just talk to each other, talk through it with each other, and just lean on each other to get ourselves through and lean on uh lean on the Lord as well. But uh, it, it don't get any easier. It's just me being busy, keep my mind off of it for a little bit. But it, it's yeah, it's just tough. It's just always gonna be tough. I'll help you to have kind of the normalcy of a practice of of what you know out here to not dwell on, on your door, not think about things like that. Has that helped? Yeah, because uh, this morning, like it was hit me hard this morning and had to get ready for practice, help me get my mind off it a little bit. And then just had to like just focus on something else because I got a lot of time in the uh, day when I'm just in my head thinking about stuff and thinking about her. So having to actually think about what I'm doing, like right in the moment, helps me out a lot and uh, helps the family out a lot when we're doing stuff, trying to stay busy. It's, it's, it's good for me. I like that I have to do that because, like, as hard as it is, I hate being sad and feeling down and sad all the time. Even though, like, I love feeling them feelings for her because she was a big part of our family. But uh, I like, like, just getting out of it, just having to, having to come to prayers, having to get my mind off it. It's good for me. And uh, I just, it just... Like, cause I, I'm home enough during the day. Like, I got enough downtime where I think about it enough all the time. So having something to do to take my mind off of it, it just helps a lot. And I just, uh, I just appreciate it to be back, be able to do everything again, and uh, just, just do everything a little bit extra harder for her, cause she's not able to be here. And uh, it's just tough too, cause I, this would have been her first camp that she would have been able to actually come to and actually remember. 
And I thought about that's what made it a little bit harder to do because it's the first day my family came today. So just just having something to take my mind off it is just is real good for me, real beneficial for me right now. Oh, she she was the best. Like she was literally the best. Everything all around, smile, her personality. Even when she's been naughty, she still was so cute. She know she was smart. She knew exactly what she shouldn't be doing, and then she uh, stopped doing it and then go back and try to do it. Like it was just yeah, I could go on and on forever and ever about. It. I just it's just her smile. I miss so much her energy. Like putting her to bed every night, reading stories. She she's brought so much like brightness and wholeness and completeness to our lives. And we most definitely have a big, 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 big uh, hole in our uh, hearts and our lives that we won't be able to fill. But we still got our other three kids that's still uh, helping us fill the void a little. And then we got another baby on the way that should help a little bit too. But we know it's never going to be the same without her. It's always sad because she would have been the best big sister as well. Like just, it's just, it's just. It's bittersweet, it's bittersweet, because I know she's in a better place, but I 100% prefer her to be here with us selfishly. Yeah, it's just, Tom, it's just, it's just a lot. It's a lot just that goes on throughout the day. What happened is very common, in, especially in this state, right, with, with, with the water and the pools and things like that. Is there anything that can be learned or gained from um, cautionary tale type, you know, stuff? Yes, uh, I was always... I was never ever gonna throw like put one of my kids in one of them little uh, like early swimmer class when they just throw them in and let them like figure it out. But I recommend people do that. We just uh, started a foundation for my uh, in my daughter's name, Maria Hope. We're gonna be paying for swim lessons and we're gonna be installing like the little. We got an AI camera in our house now, so if a little child goes around the pool, alarm goes off now. And we got all the gate. We, we always had gates up, but we just left it open that night. But uh, we got gate more gates up, and so we're gonna just just help out as much as possible, like with swim lessons for other families and start AI cameras for other families, because it is like like back when I was younger, I read a story about it happening, because I saw it happen to somebody like when I was younger, and I, and I was like an NFL player too, and I'm like, dang, how that happen? But it just it's like a freak accident, and it like it just happened from time to time. But now we got to put all the precautions in a way to pre prevent it from happening. And that's why uh, the Ray of Hope uh, Inc. is going to be uh, beneficial for a lot of families, I hope. So, uh, use of free swim lessons, will that be statewide? Will that be nationwide? Who are, who so we're going to start off in Tampa, and then uh, probably when we in Colorado, get it going in Colorado as well. But uh, as big as we can make it, we're going to make it as big as that, but we're going to start locally first. So you read your stories. Did you have a favorite? It was... Uh, it was, I don't remember the name of the story. I never remember the names. It was just uh, it was like one, two, three, where all the different animals like and just talk about stars in the sky. And we like uh, like one star, like a monkey, like says goodnight, and then they count the stars in the window at night. And it'd be one star, then two stars, another animal say goodnight, and then they see two stars in the window at night, so on and so forth. But she loved stars, and uh, that's why I got a. Uh, some star. Well, I got a tribute on my arm tour tattoo. Got a couple stars on there. She just loves stars. Every time we would read, she says like star, star, and it just was cute as voices. She would call moon stars too, but <laughs> she loved she loved our stars, and uh, it's just it just was everything. And I'm happy that I was. I'm not happy I got hurt, but I'm happy that I was able to spend all that extra time with her from being hurt in uh last year. So it like that was a. Hindsight, I'm looking back. I'm glad I was able to have that extra time with her, so I could have more bonding time and experiences with her. 
But like, yeah, she she loved all books with stars in it. Yeah, uh, so most definitely we've been able to come together, like, in time, this tough time for our family. And, like, everybody, honestly, everybody came together for us. Like, the whole locally, like, nationally, like, everybody came to be with us in our uh, time of need. And I, like, appreciate everybody, like, everybody, Bucks organization, like, everybody came through it and stuff that I wasn't even expecting. And uh, we was very appreciative of that. But Jordana, she has been. She's been really strong. And we've been able to lean on each other. But we also been been really weak together, too. we also been sharing them tough times with each other. we also been crying on each other, talking to each other, having them times with the kids, letting everybody know it's okay to, to still talk about her and still show our emotions for her. Like, that's the way we need to uh, remember, remember her and just bring uh, bright, her brightness to our lives and try to bring to other people's lives by talking about her like my kids we did a little bit of like canceling to make sure they was expressing every expressing everything they needed to express just in case we was missing something just wanted to make sure we was doing everything possible for them so we like I feel like we doing the best we can in the situation I ain't saying we doing <laughs> perfect but we doing I think the best we can is just just being honest open with our emotions with each other with our family and our friends everybody that's supporting us and not like being afraid to be weak from time to time and showing out, not even weak, just showing emotions. Because people have a stigma of being weak is uh, showing emotions, and but that's not weak, it's just having like emotions and just being in the moment and expressing how you feel. So we do do that and we strong together, we cry together, laugh together, like everything we do together. And that's what's uh, helping us stay closer together and come closer together. You have in your family, Jordana. Yeah. Expecting another baby girl, so what must that be like uh, for you and, and, and your family? It was amazing, especially knowing that our other baby girl, Rare, more than likely has something to do with it. We know uh, there's no replacing the Rare. There's nothing ever in this world that can happen to replace our baby girl. But it's having another another baby girl, which is a super blessing, because I wanted another girl really bad. Would have been happy either way, but having another baby girl, baby Alana, when she comes, is a... Uh, first of all, like, the whole situation just makes me nervous in general about having another kid, because, like, asking this happened, but Jordan was talking I can't think like that. I just got to stay strong, have faith, and believe. But uh, once I saw the heartbeat, I started to relax a little bit, and... Uh, the excitement took over, the worry went away. So I'm just uh, ex excited for my family, excited, just just excited in general to have a, a new addition come to our family in February. Oh, JP, I, if you can hear me here, you have your uh, yourself muted over there on your end my bad um yeah that was that was absolutely gut-wrenching i mean if you're a father um as i am um i have a i have a girl and she's 20 20 years old about to turn 21 now and you know everything that he said about his baby girl i could say about mine at the same time and you know reading the stories the smiles how smart she was, all those things, and I can't—I couldn't even imagine going through what he has gone through. He and his family has gone through, and 
you know, you heard him say, you know, they, they did a lot of precautions but left the gate open one night. And it happens, you don't know who, who left the gate or what happened. You don't blame anybody. None of that. It's just, it is what it is. They're accidents. Um, but there's probably not a day that goes by that they don't, you know, or a moment, as he said, that he doesn't feel it and think it, uh, think about it. Um, and football obviously can be a distraction, but it will never replace the hole in his heart. Wow. It's just, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. I, I don't know. I don't know how families, you know, move on from that. And, you know, hopefully, as I mentioned, it's cathartic for him to speak about her in the public light. Um, but it's tough. It's really, 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 really tough. Um, it's real life, though. And, and, you know, I think the best thing you can do when a situation hits like this is to, you know, try and make the world a better place and make sure or try to make sure as best you can that this doesn't happen again. And they're, they've started a ray, ray of hope, I believe is what he said it was called, um, foundation. And it's going to give swimming lessons uh, for those people who can't afford it for their kids. Um, and also uh, AI cameras that will alarm if, if, a, if a child is out by a pool or goes into a pool. Man, um, so hopefully, you know, through those efforts, they can save some other lives, and that 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 that'll that'll be a positive. So, um, yeah, that's it's tough to hear. It really is tough to hear, and I mean, I I know everybody sends up the prayers for Jordana and the whole family. Um, Shaq Bear, what a guy, man! And we're so blessed to have him in our community. Um, it's such a great story. You can't help but root for the guy. Um, I just you know, hope that some way the Lord can, can help heal his pain. And hopefully through, you know, as he mentioned, his, his new daughter, they can, um, they can have some solace. We'll, 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 we'll see. It's tough. And I, um, and I will say, too, by the way, just to add to it, if you go watch the video part of it, because on my end I could see the video, Shaq Barrett, I'm just, I can't imagine having to go up there and, again, answer all those questions and everything and, and like that in that medium and a bunch of cameras in your face and everything. But he kept a smile for majority of the time while he was speaking through that. Um, and that mm -hmm. stuck out to me because I can't imagine how, how – I just don't know how you could keep like a smile like that on your face when you have to talk about these things. But he spoke such in a positive light about it and looking at it from the positive standpoint um, – so, I, like I said earlier, the fact that he had the courage to get up there today um, and answer majority questions only about that, it says a lot about Shaq Barrett, who he is. And, yeah. and just, I just really hope, just for you would just for the story part of it, you just hope, and just for his own being, I hope he comes out and has a great year. Yeah. Truthfully. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be really nice? Um, if there's any justice in this world, it, it, again, it will never heal his heart completely, but you just hope that his life is incredibly blessed in every other way. Um, you just, you hope, you hope, and hopefully that will happen this year. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and hear from Todd Bowles, his thoughts on practice today, and he also spoke on some of the rookies and his impression of what they've been able to do in this camp. We're brought to you by the Gold and Diamond Source. If you're looking to get engaged, there is no better place to go because, of course, they have the Diamond Savings Account where whatever you spend, you will get 100% of that diamond um, the money you have paid in return to upgrade that diamond at the Golden Diamond Source. So take advantage of it. So if you, don't, you can't get the biggest diamond in the world now, you can do it later. 
and you've already got a down payment on it. So it's a great, great, great thing they do over there. And of course, the best customer service, the best selection, the best people in the world at the Golden Diamond Source, Julian, Steve Weintraub, our favorites, 3800 Olmerton Road, and always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Back in three with Todd Bowles. Stay with us. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area 
modern medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by Extravaganza Productions. If you got a big event coming up or a small event coming up, big or small, they do it all. EPI will help you guys out. Uh, they've got a warehouse full of props. It's really kind of fun to take the uh, little tour through there. And you can get a creative consultation for free. If you just go to the website, extravaganzaproductions.com, see all the great things they can do, uh, sign up for uh, a free consultation, tell them you heard it on the J.P. Peterson Show, and they will bring you in and see if you can put together a big event. So if it's a charity event, business meeting, whatever, they can help you out there at Extravaganza Productions. Uh, Get that free meeting. Tell them J.P. sent you. Um, All right, a couple other notes uh, before we get to Todd Bowles. uh, there was some back and forth this past weekend. I don't know. I think you saw it definitely, Nick, of uh, Sean Payton saying Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching staff did the worst job ever in the history of the NFL. Um, Aaron Rodgers responded, obviously, because Hackett's his guy. Uh, it, it seemed a little – I know Sean Payton can be salty, but going after a fellow coach, that seemed a little bit – well, he kind of even he covered up a little bit yesterday where he was like, in that moment when I was asked the question, he's like, I still had my fox hat on and I forgot, right. you know, to turn that off. And I, I, I don't know. I think I mean, I've always taken Sean Payton to be pretty blunt when it comes yeah. to things. I will say this. Is Sean Payton telling any lies? Do we no. all just we just hate the truth? No, do we not? I thought yeah. he was telling pretty... There's a little bit of that going on. It was pretty blunt. I thought he was... T- it's interesting because he mentioned, you know, some of the front office, and I, I think the front office is still there, if I'm not mistaken. The same one that hired Hackett and hired him is the same people. So, you know, I, I saw there was, like, a report that people inside the building are not exactly thrilled with Sean Payton with what he said. But, listen, if you give the keys to your to your multi-billion dollar uh, 
operation to a Sean Payton, he's one of those personalities, one of those guys where he's running everything. Yeah. And I think you're okay with that. Oh, so that's why you hire him. That's why you hire him. That's why you hire him. He is he is the epitome yeah. of an alpha's alpha, in my opinion, when it comes to the NFL and coaching. So I personally didn't have a problem with it. I understand why Rodgers responded to it. I think it's just it makes for a fun little storyline, and now you look forward to I think they play each other in week five, the, yeah. uh, the Broncos and the Jets, so maybe there's some added fuel there. Uh, but, again, I think is it – I just don't – saying it out loud that Nathaniel Hackett did had one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, I think that's a more than fair statement. It's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. And the things yeah. that went on. We've heard the stories, the things that they let Russell Wilson get away with. Yeah, it's in crazy. that building. So, yeah. crazy stuff. All right, let's uh, listen to a little bit of uh, Todd Bowles. Give us some updates. Then we'll hear from Ryan Jensen, uh, and then we'll hear from Chris Lugo on what Ryan Jensen went through. So, uh, let's roll a little bit of Todd Bowles here from earlier today after practice. Morning. Good morning. Elijah, I know you said he was going to get an MRI. Was that yesterday, today? Which... It's going to be today, so we haven't gotten it yet. First day in pads, Todd, how do they respond to that? Some technique things we got to clean up, obviously, but I thought the alertness was there. We're starting to understand some situational football things, so I thought we put in good work. We've seen Cody Malk as pretty much the only option at right guard in the first line. How has he handled that? How pleased are you with, with how he's very pleased at this stage. I mean, he's a very smart guy. Obviously, he's going to see more defenses and different looks as we go, but he handled everything with ease. Uh, we like the way he comes to practice every day. We like his approach. We really do. He understands the game a lot. Kate Warner has made a few plays, and definitely today. The nice grabbing and off in practice. What are you seeing from him He's a technician. You know, he's a hard worker. He understands the game very well. He can play all three positions. So as the pads continue to go on and we continue to play, be interested to see what he does because he's a very interesting guy. Do you think the guy on Diaby's interception being able to stretch out there, dive after? I'm just happy he caught it. This camp, it's going to be give and take. It's a, it's a grind. You know, I'm not going to say we have up and down days or good or bad days. It's work in progress. Obviously, as the head coach, if one side does well, the other side doesn't, you can't be pleased one way or the other. I can't come off the field and say both sides had a great day. You know, that, that doesn't make sense. But there's a lot of give and take. As long as the work is there and they're making each other better, I'm happy with that. All right, there's uh, head coach Todd Bowles on today's practice. Never get much out of Todd. It's uh, not too high, not too low, but a little bit on on some of the rookies and how they're doing. Um, Ryan Jensen spoke this past weekend about his recovery uh, and the stem cell route that he went. Of course, we broke that news to you last year that that's, that was the route that he was going, um, followed it every step of the way, and it's been an incredible journey. We're going to talk to Chris Lugo here from Bay Area Modern Medical Center in just a little bit, but I wanted you to hear what Ryan had to say about his injury, and uh, first up Definitely, is you know, it was a- how his knee is feeling now. And by the way, he did not practice again today, part of this schedule. Feeling good. Uh, you know, obviously we have a, a plan set in place uh, uh, coming into camp, uh, and you know we're, we're executing it right now, and we're finding the- feeling good. Uh, you know, obviously we have a, a plan set in place uh, uh, coming into camp. Uh, and you know we're, we're executing it right now, and we're finding the, the best uh, plan of attack to 
to keep the knee feeling really good like it is right now, and we're going we're gonna to keep forward with that. All right, he also talked about why he chose to go the stem cell route because he got uh, five different, I guess, opinions. Definitely, you know, and most a... of them were for surgery, but he opted to go the stem cell route. And as far as I know, the first NFL football player to ever do that and come back within six months and play in a game, which has never been done before by the surgery route, which is, I think, you know, one of the reasons he chose that route. So here's he was asked why he chose the stem cell route that uh it's actually a year from today that uh i got hurt and and all that so you know it was a it was a journey that's for sure um right after you know you go get all the imaging done all this and that and uh you start sending out that to different doctors and you know like i had mentioned before you know i had five separate opinions and ended up going with uh, dr shelbourne who uh thought that it was gonna be better for me not to have an operation done um and went went that route so um, feeling good, um, you know, ligaments are, are healthy and, and healed, and um, just ready to uh, keep rolling. I mean, it was, it was, it was very tough, you know, uh, being away from the family for, for 10 days, you know, after going through something like that, but uh, it was, uh, I think, the, the, the right thing to do for, for me and, and my knee. People called you about it, like just in general. Like I don't know if there's any other injuries, offensive linemen, but like this is something that you're probably going to hear from others about. Right? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know I've gotten asked a couple different times from from uh, separate players that have gone through you know similar or you know have been injured and and asking if I if I if I have any regrets about going this route. And frankly, I don't. I think it was uh, the best thing that was uh, for me. Wow, some uh, interesting stuff there from Ryan Jensen on why he selected that route, and, and as I said, they have a schedule for him already worked out uh, pre-training camp to, you know, and, and are planning well, on him starting so. day one, obviously. And I, I don't – the fact that he's sitting out, I don't look at it as a setback. I kind of look at it as this is the smart way to go because there's, you know, there's really no reason for him to I be think, going uh, hard you know, this far out from the season opener. You know, he's doing all the work in the weight room that needs to be done. They've done all the tests. Um, his knee is back to 100% in terms of the the weight he was able to push beforehand. You know, they do these baseline tests so everybody knows where they're at. If they get injured, they want to get back to those baseline tests or, or baseline levels or beyond, you know, to feel comfortable about getting them back out on the field. So, and so far, so good. All of that has come back positive. So, this is, uh, this is groundbreaking stuff, and we've kind of been all over it from the beginning. So I want to bring in Chris Lugo from Bay Area Modern Medical Center, who knows a hell of a lot more about stem cells than any of us, <laughs> and probably uh, about as much as, as Ryan Jensen knows right now. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, I, so I, I sent the interview to you. You listened to it. We've been talking about this for, you know, since he got injured and decided to go the stem cell route, which is about a, probably – seven months ago, eight months ago. Um, what, what are your thoughts on what, on what you heard from him? I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Um, I'm pragmatic. I'm, I don't want to say skeptical, but I'm pragmatic on his complete recovery because he's a professional athlete. He's not you. He's not me. He's not Nick. He's, he's a guy who's going to go 110% week after week after week for a solid good six months. It's so... That knee is going to get tested. Hopefully, he's wearing a brace to give it a little bit of support to it. I love stem cells, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're great for the common Joe. 
he's going to he's he's, he's going to be the poster child. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how he does. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised that Dr. Sharburn recommended stem cells. A lot of the American orthopedic physicians, a lot, not every single one. I'm not going to give you absolutes are going to poo-poo stem cells or are going to say no to stem cells. And the reason why is you're taking money out of their wallets. If I can't scope you, how am I going to pay my car bill? If I can't scope <laughs> you, how am I going to feed my children, right? So why would I recommend something that I'm, that's going to take money out of my wallet? That would be stupid. Right. Economical point of view. It's microeconomic and macroeconomics at, at its best. So I'm just pleasantly surprised. But like I said, Tom Brady, I guarantee he's been doing this for years, right? For years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting that who's the um, trainer that's working with Jensen? Tom Brady's trainer? Alex Guerrero. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Pieces to the puzzle. Pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. That is that is very very interesting, and uh, so if you want to know about the fountain of youth, uh, maybe it's in the stem cells that Tom Brady. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but I would doubt. I mean, a lot of athletes are using them now, not just for injuries, but for maintenance as well, right? Correct, hundred percent. It would behoove them to do it, and look, they're not illegal, right. so I guarantee more and more athletes are making that trip down to the Caribbean, down to South America down to Central America, getting stem cells, and you'll never hear about it because they're not going to talk about it eventually one day, but you can't test for it, right? I can say you can't do it, but it's really not a performing enhancing drug right? like other things are. So I, I think it's the wave of the future for all athletes, and I guarantee a lot of European athletes have been doing it for a year. I guarantee Ronaldo's doing it. Messi's doing it. All those guys have been doing it. Come on. And so I'm kind of, now, I'm kind of curious, Chris, too, about the, the timeline, I guess, of how long the stem cells kind of cover you a little bit. Because I've heard some other athletes, I've been doing some more research, and they said, you know, I got stem cells, you know, to do this, didn't tell anybody. But, you know, they're athletes, so obviously, like, they're going to, like, the rigors daily. And after, like, you know, four or five months, the, the athlete that I'm, I'm, uh, that I listened to said this. He said after four or five months, he started to kind of feel the pain again. Is there like, so like when you're like kind of in it, like an athlete like that, and you're in the sport and everything, you get the stem cells. Is there like a timeline there, or is it like a case by case basis of of when it starts to wear off potentially? So when I hear people getting stem cells, I take it with a little grain of salt. I don't know the person you're referring to, and I don't know where they went and what they had done. You will t hear about people getting stem cells here in the United States all the time. And you know what they're getting? They're getting PRP. PRP yeah. Okay. They're getting umbilical cord stem cells um, that are from like 5,000. Are they getting mesenchymal stem cells, 150,000, uh, 150 million, uh, 150,000 cells? What, what are they getting? And how are they referring to it? It's like we talk about peptides. Which peptide are you referring to? Growth hormone peptides? Are we talking about BPC-157? Are we talking about AOD-9604? I mean, it's, it's a good classification, but to really know where they went, how much they really got, how is it, how is the route, that's more information. Like someone passing, passing out on the courts last week who was in the ICU for less than 24 hours and now is already home who had a cardiac arrest? 
like what's the real backstory? What's the real truth? What did really what really did happen? Very interesting stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Chris Lugo from Bay Area Modern Medical Center here. And I, I think it's, it is interesting that, you know, we've said this about Ryan Jensen, that, that it's groundbreaking. No one's ever tried this before, a professional athlete, a football player. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on this. And if he can come back and play, um, and I think he will, when he comes back and play this year and he plays without incident, and do you think that this is going to be the wave of the future? Because, he, like I said, he came back in six months. It's typically an ACL surgical repair is a year. Uh, not Well, nine, nine months to a year, right? To, Unless you're Adrian Peterson. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and also, typically, you know, like with Chris Godwin last year, that first year, you're about 75 80%. And it takes actually two years from a surgical ACL to get back to 100%. Um, you know, Ryan said that he that he probably shouldn't have played in that playoff game. I, I would like to delve deeper into into that. I mean, did, I, I, did he re-injure it? Did it? I, I don't know. Um, but if he comes back and play, then this this is a game changer, is it not for professional athletes? Hundred percent. And coach talked about his MRI. I guarantee he's probably had three to four MRIs this year alone, right. just to see how that thing is healing what the scar tissue looks like. Um, is there any long-term damage, right? Um, that'll be the interesting part, too. Before and after the games, the guys all get together. They kind of chat with each other across the fields, right? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you're going to see more and more guys probably come up to Jensen and go, yo, where'd you go, man? What's your, what's your <laughs> name down in the Caribbean? I, w- I want to get there, man, because I got this bad shoulder. I heard right. Roman talking about stem cells for his shoulder. What? what you're going to hear more and more of it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I haven't been able to ask Jason like this, but I wonder what that conversation was like with the organization because they have a, obviously have a huge investment into Ryan Jensen. He's one of the highest paid centers in the league. They, you know, they, want, they wanted him back certainly for this season. Correct. And so last year to say, hey, I'm going to do this thing that's never been done before, I, I applaud the Bucks honestly, for allowing him to do this and – I think it paid off for him to come back and play in the playoff game, although they didn't win it. Um, but I applaud them. I, I I don't know a lot of organizations that would have go, gone along with it. Would you agree? But I think the, the seal of approval probably came from TB, right? He probably went to the front office. Hey, look, this is what I've been doing. FYI, I'm 40-something years old. I'm still playing the t- peak of my game right now. Hey, I think this is going to be good. And I think that front office was very open to it. Hey, let's try it. What do you got to lose? Right. Yeah. Well, you could lose your center for two years and not just one. So Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we'll them and get rid of them and get somebody else in there. But. <laughs> That's what they do, right? That's what um, they do. Interesting stuff, and I, I, we're going to continue to follow it, obviously. And and I think a lot of people looking at the fact that he's not practicing or skipping, you know, skipping some days of practice. I don't make a big, I don't make a big deal out of that. I think you know that would be prudent if they, if he would have gone the surgical route, they'd be doing the same thing. Hundred percent. No, but yeah. I did find it interesting as I read the article also on Shelburne, but they put him in a cast also. Well, and I believe I, I, I interpreted as they put him in a cast after the stem cell injection to kind of mobilize him a 23 degree angle. Not sure what the significance of that. I would love to hear more about that mm-hmm. on why they casted him and kept him immobile. I know he was casted immediately after because he talked about the son, 
where you started breaking down and crying during the interview, which is pretty emotional. Yeah. Um, but I sounded like Shelburne put him in a cast post stem cells, I guess, to let it do its work. Don't know. Yeah, that was that was every part of this is new and groundbreaking. So um, I'm, I'm kind of glad we've been, you know, at the forefront of this and you know, having done it myself, I know, you know, very different circumstance. Mine was more for um, how to re refurbishment, right? Because instead right. of doing, uh, you know, getting two knee replacements, like I just ran into a buddy of mine, uh, John Bytex, who said he's got to get two knee replacements. I said, you might, you might want to, and he's probably early 60s. And those things only last for what, 10, 15 years, right? So you yeah. want to, yeah. So so you want to extend that as long as you can. And for me, you know, I've gone seven years without any pain. I'm starting to get some pain now, but and so I'm considering doing stem cells again because I don't want to get knee replacements. I'm too young for that. Yeah. So I mean, so back to your, to your question, Nick. Like, did, did, did does the, the warranty probably will, it will eventually run out of wear and tear? But the fact that you don't know what he actually had done is kind of interesting, right? Because you can say I had stem cells and had PRP. I expect that warranty to run out a little quicker than if someone yeah. got ankylosing stem cells. So, okay. so if people are interested in the in doing some stem cells, and there's stuff that they can do now in the United States, but there's a lot more they can do outside. You've researched this. They can get in touch with you right through the website, correct? Yeah, definitely. Set up appointment. Like I said, I'm sending three guys down to Colombia or Costa Rica here. Um, and like I said, it's pretty legit in the sense that I've got to do their medical clearance. We've got to do labs on them. It's not like they're saying, come on down, right? So they got to get approved by this facility uh, before that they, they go down. So they need their blessing from me to do it. So, yeah, get in touch with me. Uh, we, we talk about more about what's involved with it um, and expectations. And that's the big thing is setting expectations up right. front, not expecting to get injected, get off the table and go, wind sprints, let's do them. <laughs> no. Let's squat 500 pounds today. No, that's not happening. I, I But I, I'm here to tell you within two weeks, I saw, I felt a, a noticeable difference. Within Correct. a month, most of the pain was gone. And, you know, within six weeks, I, I felt like I was, my knees were 30 again. It was, it was dramatic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it. And I'm, I'm going to do it again if I can. If this, this continues to get worse, I'm definitely going to do it again. And you would uh, think that, that stem cell company in the Caribbean would have worked out some kind of agreement with Jensen to release their name because their businesses will, will be blowing up. Yeah. After this. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Chris, great stuff. Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. If you want stem cells or just a new primary care or lose weight or the true body machine, which is doing great, right? Doing great, yes. Getting great results? Getting great results, yeah. Before and afters are awesome. All right. Give them a call. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Talk to you later, guys. Bye-bye. Wow, that is just super interesting stuff. And um uh, <laughs> I, I really want to sit down with Ryan. Uh, I hope we can get him on the program and go and delve into it a little bit deeper. Maybe we'll get Chris on as well to talk about it because it's still, you know, he he's been pretty open about it. And right. I, 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 you know, I was listening to uh, Rick Rick Stroud's podcast, and he's he's talking about maybe you know the Tommy John surgery named after Tommy John, not after the doctor Alex Job who came up with it, <laughs> named after the player. Maybe this becomes the Ryan Jensen treatment. Um, it probably will. Yeah, I would like to think it would because remember last year, like we couldn't get like a we couldn't even get a simple answer as to like a timeline of Ryan Jensen's injury. We couldn't get anything, 
And yeah. you were like left open to speculate. And I think you were like right away, you were like, this has to be like stem cells or something that they don't want to have to yeah. come forward with. And yeah. remember, he gave away a little bit after that playoff game. And yeah, he, I did stick out to me, though. He said he probably shouldn't have even played in that playoff game. But then he followed up with saying that he didn't like re injure himself or anything. He just probably wasn't, you know, fit. Like you just mentioned right there, in six months, you felt like completely normal. Maybe yeah. you know everybody's timeline. I'm Six sure is. Weeks. I'm sure timelines are different on this on these type of things. And he had to put in a lot of work to get back for that. So maybe that's what it is. I just hope that this year he's the old Ryan Jensen, and then this will be a new kind of technique. I think that'll take over sports, hopefully. Yeah, and um, you know we'll see if if any other players opt for this as well. I think they're gonna. I think people are gonna have to wait and see. You know, if, if Ryan gets through the whole season, um, you know, if he re-injures it. Not that, you know, surgically repaired knees haven't been re-injured. They have. Um, there's always a part of it. But like I said, they've, they've done MRIs. And Chris said they know about as much as you can know about the strength of those ligaments, the strength of everything around it. Um, but, again, you don't ever know until you get out on that field and you, you, you can't simulate that. You can't simulate, you know, wrestling with a 400-pound man for three hours in the heat. You know, you can't simulate that in, in the lab, uh, in, in the weight room. You just can't. So, and, and, that's, that's the, and that's the test that matters. That's the only test that matters, quite frankly. So, um, be interesting to watch. All right, our thanks to uh, Chris Lugo and all of you who joined us. Uh, Jeremy and Thomas and everybody in our commenting section, thank you very much for chipping in as well today. Sorry we couldn't get to all the comments today, but we will be back tomorrow. It's a night practice tomorrow, so we 